Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Researchers have known for a long time that identifying patterns and structure is a key ingredient in being better at memorization. A famous chess study, for instance, found that when briefly shown images of chess positions for a few seconds and then asked to recreate the position of all the pieces on the board, an expert chess player demonstrated much better recall than a novice and amateur player. However, when the pieces were scrambled and placed in positions that would be unlikely or impossible in a real game, the expert was no better than the novice and amateur at recreating the placement of chess pieces. Is it possible that the same could be true for memorizing music as well? That great memorizers don't necessarily have inherently better memory, but are simply more effective at identifying patterns and structure amongst the notes on the page? A pair of Indiana University researchers recruited 20 violinists and violists for a study on memory. To make things fair, they gave everyone the same task, a short 18-measure etude to memorize. The etude was sight-readable and not too technically demanding, but it was complex and long enough that it would take some deliberate effort to commit it to memory. So then the musicians were split up into two groups, each with a different approach to memorization. One group of musicians, the repetition-only group, was simply asked to play through the etude ten times. And then, after a 30-second break, the music was taken away, and they were asked to play as much of the etude as they could from memory. The other group of musicians, the repetition and analysis group, was also asked to play the etude ten times. But then they were given six minutes to complete a written worksheet with prompts about the etude's musical character and its harmonic, structural, and rhythmic features. After completing this brief written analysis, or verbalization as it was called, the score was taken away, and they were asked to play the etude from memory just like the other group. And did this little six-minute speed analysis exercise lead to better recall? No, not really, actually. The repetition and analysis group did manage to recall slightly more of the etude than the repetition-only group, at 49% to 43%, but this difference was actually not statistically significant. So at first glance, regular old memorization through repetition appears to work just fine, and the extra six minutes of score study and analysis was maybe a waste of time. 
But then again, what really counts is not how much you remember today, but how much you remember tomorrow, right? So to gauge the impact of score study and analysis on longer-term learning, participants were asked to return 24 hours later to see how much of the etude they could still play from memory. And this time, wouldn't you know it, there was a significant difference between the two groups. While the repetition and analysis group still remembered a respectable 38% of the etude, the repetition-only group managed to recall just 18% of the etude. So a little bit of written analysis or verbalization does make a difference. So what was on this score study worksheet that made such a big difference in their memory? Here are the prompts that the researchers asked the musicians to respond to. Please provide the information requested below. Discuss the musical character of the etude. Discuss the musical high points. Discuss characteristic phrase structures of this etude. Discuss characteristic rhythmic motives of this etude. What keys or tonal centers are present in this etude? And then there was narrative analysis. Please provide a detailed analysis of the etude beginning in measure one and working to the end. So what are the main takeaways from all of this? Well, takeaway number one is to look for patterns. Sitting through hours of private theory lessons, pre-college classes, and theory courses in school, I often wondered why I needed to know anything about inversions, cadences, or the difference between a half-diminished and fully-diminished seventh chord. Well, as it turns out, it's not just something schools make you take so they can fill out your course schedule. It's about picking up some tools that help us better see the underlying structure and form and patterns that make music work. Where the more of a piece's building blocks you can discern and appreciate, the less arbitrary and notey it will probably seem in your head. The easier it'll be to chunk it all into memory. Takeaway number two is about using your words. Leon Fleischer once asked a chain music group to describe what they were trying to convey in a particular passage. And when they offered only a general, vague description of the character of the passage, like cheerful or happy, he pushed them to elaborate on the description and give it more specificity and vividness. He explained that if you can't verbally articulate what you're going for, it's a sign that you don't have a clear enough idea of what you want. If you don't know what you want, you're probably not going to get it. Indeed, the process of crystallizing abstract thoughts into words certainly seems to be a vital part of developing the character of a piece. But this IU study also speaks to the role of verbalization in memory, too, and illustrates, in the words of the researchers, quote, the importance of developing a conceptual understanding of to-be-learned music and not relying on procedural memory alone to give memorized performances. So if you're working on a new piece that isn't quite memorized, try whip out a blank sheet of paper open up your score, set a timer perhaps to keep you from spending too much time going into too much detail in one sitting, and jot down some answers to the same prompts that the students in the study used. See if that forces your brain to work a little harder and leads to better recall as you deepen your knowledge of the piece beyond muscle memory alone. You can find links to this week's study and other related practice hacks at bulletproofmusician.com blog. You can also find a quick and dirty 30-second summary of the study on Instagram at Bulletproof Musician. And if you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think would also enjoy experimenting with it during the coming week. Mm-hmm.